0: Well, good morning, Seacoast. It's great to see you. I'm so glad you guys are in the house today. I want to welcome all of you who are joining us at one of our locations. Uh, If you are joining us at one of our 13 locations around South Carolina, North Carolina, we're glad you're here. Listen, if you're glad they're here, would you help them know it and see it? Uh, Give it up for all of our campuses. Some of you are online, and we're glad you're here as well. I get to introduce you to a great friend here in just a minute as we continue our series. Before we do, I wanted to just mention, have any of you seen or heard of what's going on at Asbury University uh, revival happening? It's been really amazing to me to watch. I saw it this week on CNN, uh, Fox News, MSNBC covering uh, college students, and I'll be honest, when I was in college I almost made it on the news several times, but not for the same reasons. Uh, But but when the world starts to notice when young people are praying and repenting and worshiping and going after God, it's just remarkable. And so I'm here to tell you uh, that I'm here for it. And uh, I'm praying for our church that if God is going to make a move and do something significant in our country, that we would be a part of that, that he would include us in that, that we would lean into that. And so uh, I just want you to know that's that's the posture of our heart, and I would ask you to be praying as well that God would move, uh, that we would uh, desire to be in His presence, that we would repent of our sins, that we would lean in and and see what He might do among us. Uh, today we're continuing a series that we've been in a conversation called "United We Stand," and we're talking about relationships. And we sat down months ago to begin to plan for this series, and we didn't want the whole series to necessarily be about marriage, but about how we we handle and navigate relationships, because relationships can be tricky. And as we talked about it, we were like, man, it would be amazing. And I knew it was kind of last minute, but it would be amazing if we could get our friends, Jimmy and Irene Rollins, to come be a part and be with us. Because we had a front row seat as friends and as fellow uh, pastors in ministry to to them walking through some really hard things in their marriage and coming out on the other side stronger. We were going to title this weekend, Can We Get Through This?, And some of you know, and you've asked that question, whether that's in a marriage or even personally, can I get through what I'm going through right now? And so I reached out to Pastor Jimmy and pretty last minute, and he he rearranged his schedule and made it work to be here. Him and Irene were going to come, but she got sick this weekend. And so he brought a double anointing with him, uh, and you guys are going to experience that. But I want you to watch just a short video, uh, a snapshot of their story. And then would you just welcome Pastor Jimmy at the end of that video as he comes So take a look at the screens.
1: And looking back uh, on those days, I, I really wish we had hit the pause button earlier. I agree. We believe that the best gospel that you can live and exemplify is one that is of a healthy, thriving marriage. But that has not always been our story. I couldn't keep up with who I pretended to be. The shame overshadowed and masked reality. This marriage is awful. I want a divorce. I began to abuse alcohol. I was overwhelmed with rage. Here I am, a pastor, preaching sermons that are supposed to set someone free, but yet I felt bound myself. You don't have to live in the pain that you've been living in. was so close it was so close join us as we unravel our story of addiction redemption and triumph in our marriage this is our story good morning Seacoast how y'all doing everybody good everybody good so good to be in church Today, I don't know why y'all are standing, but God bless you. Come on, somebody. Irene and I are so honored to be able to share our story and be on this side of it to be able to steward our story. And uh, that is from our our podcast. You can go to Apple uh, or Exo Marriage and find our podcast on there. And we hope that it encourages you. It's free. Uh, So, you know, we like to say this before we talk is you're not allowed to complain about a marriage that you refuse to put work in to work on. And so we, we, we know it requires work. But before I jump into our message, what an amazing legacy here at Seacoast. And if you're watching online or at one of our campuses, so glad that we welcome you today. We're going to talk about marriage and whether you're single or, or whether you're married. I, I believe that God has something in store for you today. But can we put our hands together for the amazing leadership of this church for Josh and Lisa and Pastor Greg and Debbie and we're so honored that we get to do life with you guys, and what an amazing uh, legacy that you guys uh, are living out, and uh, you all get to be a part of it. And, and, I, and I love a church that, that cares so much about you that they talk about real stuff. And, and today we're going to talk about a, a little bit of real stuff. And, and uh, Irene and I get an opportunity, or we used to get an opportunity uh, to marry people. Like, like, we would literally, like, you know, facilitate the wedding, and there's a scripture uh, that we all, most of you are familiar with about love is patient and love is kind, and I'm talking about the lie that we sign up for. Come on, somebody. Um, uh, But we're going to unpack that a little bit today, and I'm going to read from a different translation, and it says this in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 8. It says, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements, nor inflates its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seeks its own honor. And then this scripture is specifically for Irene. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. She's watching live right now. Love joyfully celebrates honesty. And finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. For it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat. For it never gives up. Love never stops loving. What an amazing passage of scripture. What an amazing promise to try to live out beyond our differences. I don't know about you, but Irene and I are completely different. You know, I like conversations short. <laughs> she like conversations long. I, I know where we want to go to dinner. She knows after I, she says she doesn't care. Then she knows after I make a choice. And many of us in our relationships, like our differences show up in a huge way. And if if I'm honest with you, it's hard to love our differences. And and you know, when we're uh, trying to live out this scripture about love, man, love is hard. Irene and I were on a marriage panel A few years ago, and it was like a national kind of syndicated thing, and there was a comedian uh, who was uh, interviewing us, and he asked the question, and we've been married for 23 years, y'all, and it's been about the best eight years ever, (laughs) and he said on this panel, hey, Jimmy, when did you guys fall in love, and I don't know uh, why it took me so long to answer the question, but after I got kicked underneath the table, I said about eight years ago, and everybody just stopped. And, what do you mean eight years ago? And I said, I fell in love with Irene about eight years ago. You See, I never knew what love was. And I think many of us, we sign up for something that we don't even completely understand. We, we make this commitment and, uh, uh, and this covenant, uh, but, but now we got to carry out something that we may not have had a good version of growing up. We may not have seen a good model of marriage. I don't know about you, but like our culture has a certain definition of marriage that's not God's definition of marriage. In God's definition of marriage, we work stuff out. In God's definition of marriage, you know, friction and fracture is a good opportunity for forgiveness to show up. I've come to discover That a marriage that is not tested is not authenticated. And through this different kind of love, I want to talk to you about today why I said eight years ago. Jimmy, what happened for the first 15 years of your marriage? Well, I was kind of liking Irene every now and then. She kind of liked me, but we found out what love was. I like to say it this way. Love has its opportunity to be its best when people are at their worst. A different kind of love. Our version of love. And when we think about our version of love, like with culture, they got this show called Married at First Sight. Have y'all, I don't know if anybody's seen that. Don't see it. It's not, it's not. It's ridiculous. And what they do on this show is is people kind of submit their applications online. And what they try to do is they try to match them up based off of compatibility. You know, what you're like and what you don't like and how many kids you want and where do you want to live and, and all of these things that are kind of surfacey, this compatibility. And, and many of us, we were attracted to the one that we're with today if you're married based off of compatibility. If you're single, compatibility, is, it's not bad. Compatibility is a great Floor, but a terrible ceiling. I said, what are you talking about? Because I believe that you know, finding the one that you're going to live this life out and fulfill the destiny and purpose and call on your life goes beyond how we fit together into how we forgive together. In fact, when I started thinking about this message, I was reminded of a story and Years ago, Irene and I went on a, a trip, and we lived in Maryland, and we were driving to uh, Disney World in, in Orlando. Don't do that if you got young kids. Come on, somebody. Just... And, you know, in my house, we don't give time out, so we didn't. You know, I knew how to drive and spank at the same time. Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we were driving and and I'm the kind of person who wants to be prepared and charge my phone up, make sure the car is filled up with gas. And and so we got on this road trip and and I realized that I hadn't charged my phone. Not only did did I not charge my phone, I also forgot my charger. And so we had to stop for gas, and I go into this gas station, and I'm always looking for a deal. I'm, uh, you know, I'm like church hustle man. You know, I'm we never gonna pay full price for nothing when you're with me. You know, I'll be asking for the employee discount. I'm like, are we family? You know, and and uh, I got in the gas station. and I saw uh, they had they had four uh, 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 no four charging cords for five bucks. Come on, somebody, four for five dollars. So I came back to the car. I was like, girl, I got a deal. And I plugged it in and I got this error message on my phone. They were cheap, it was a knockoff version. And I plugged it in, and here's the deal it fit, but it didn't work. It, it was compatible, but what it did not have is the capacity to distribute the power to something that was powerless. And what I came to talk about in this different kind of love today is you can't first, you can't give away something you haven't received. But secondly, like God has this power in heaven. It's called forgiveness. It's called grace. It's called mercy. And it's great that you fit together. It's great that it works. But what happens when it doesn't work? Are are we a knockoff version of God's love to our spouse? Or are we the authentic version of love that can distribute the power from heaven to this earthly vessel called our spouse? I need to distribute the power when I'm mad. I have to distribute the power when I'm upset. I have to distribute the power when I don't understand. Compatibility is great. Well, what I found out eight years ago is God was increasing my capacity to love my wife through anything. God was, compre- God was increasing her capacity to love me at 420 pounds at the time. God was, ca- that, that was some capacity. Come on, somebody. You're like, yeah, that's a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I want to talk to us about, about enlarging our capacity to love. Like, you don't have to like, but love is just different, guys. Like, when I started thinking about this, I started asking myself, you know, all of these divorces, all of the, you know, no matter what is going on in a marriage at the courtroom, it's all cited for one thing. Irreconcilable differences. But there's no such thing in the kingdom. In the kingdom of God, differences is what brings us together together. In fact, God sent Jesus in the form of a man who did not know sin. He wasn't even compatible with sin, yet he had the capacity to love anything and everything. Wow. Do I have that kind of love? Am I a knockoff version of love or the real thing? The question that I begin to ask myself is, what does a different kind of love look like? And that's what I want to walk you through today. I don't care if you've been married 50 years or you've been married five days. If you're single, it's not just going to be like, you know, do I marry somebody I'm attracted to? But do I marry somebody that's still attracted to me when I'm not very lovable? What's the size of their heart, not the size of their bank account? These are some of the things that we have come to discover. And so if you're taking notes, if you want to have this different kind of love, here's the first thought. I got to have a love that covers history. I want to have a love that covers history. It's crazy to me that like when Irene and I got together, what we begin to do is, is talk. When we first dated, you know, tell me a little bit about your past. Now, look, not everything. Come on, somebody. (laughs) and we begin to talk history. We begin to talk about, like, each other's family of origin issues. What's the issues in your family? What are we confronted with? Can I tell you that each and every one of us have junk in our life? Raise your hand if you're a little jacked up, if your family's a little jacked up. If you don't have your hand up, that's exactly why no one comes over at Thanksgiving. But do we have a love that covers history? You know what the doctor does every time you go to the doctor? First of all, pause, message. I wish every doctor would get digitized. I'm tired of filling out the same form I was here before. What they want to know is your history. And they sign up and you're telling them everything that has happened prior to this moment. And I think that we have to have the kind of marriages and the kind of relationships that we don't have to hide our history so that we get into proximity with our spouse, that they can have a prescription to heal, not to pinpoint something to continue to hurt. When I give the form to the doctor, he begins to prescribe this new history. I came to tell you today that you are your spouse's prescription to heal the issues in their history. You are. You are the blueprint of their purpose and destiny in God. And the reason why God keeps bringing issues up in your marriage is not for you to look out of a window so that you can compare and find someone else. No, there's no more windows in marriages, only mirrors. And when you look in a mirror, it begins to reflect and you begin to see yourself and your spouse is is there so that you can see yourself and admit these wrongs so that these history issues, these prior relationships, you don't have to keep living out. That there's a new purpose and a destiny to that history. I don't know about you, but I got history. There's some things in my life that I wanted to hide, some anger issues. I had no idea that my wife, up until like 15 years into our marriage, experienced abuse the way she did. Her history. The problem was is I was never safe enough for her to share it. So because I wasn't safe enough for her to share it, we began to do the dance of dysfunction and the dance of I'm thinking she's attacking me and I'm attacking her. And actually, it was the enemy not wanting us to provide safety to one another so that we could heal one another. And so when our marriage was almost over, we went to counseling. We went to this counseling place, and I was paying this guy to, to be mean to me. Come on, somebody. Like. <laughs> and I'll never forget, and it was like my turn to work on me, and, and, and I'm like, I don't know why she doesn't talk. And, and I don't know why she's not affectionate, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm just going off. He goes, because you're big and loud. That's why I am. And... As we got to talking, as I began to soften, he said, I want you to try something. He said, I I want you to get on the floor. I want you to get lower than Irene. And we just began to talk. And I was like, so is this how I'm supposed to tell her? I don't love you. I don't like you right now. No. He says, what happens is, is you're becoming safe. And when you become safe, she'll talk. And when she talks, your listening is actually healing her past, her history. Because when you get lower than her, you're healing the authority that took advantage of her before you. She was verbally abused. She was physically abused, and every time you all have a hard conversation, and you just take a posture of sacrifice and a posture of serving, I'm gonna bring purpose to what the enemy meant for bad. I, I, give me a second, guys. (laughs) Here's the question: Are we sacrificing for our spouses? Are we serving our spouse? Or have we made our marriage all about us? Me, me, me. And what I learned eight years ago is to Jimmy, when you lower yourself, when you not make it, don't make this argument, this frustration her about you. Ask her, when I did that, what triggered you? What's coming up for you? And as you get lower, she'll begin to talk. And guys, I'm telling you right now, we begin to pray over stuff that we never prayed over before because I never provided a safe enough place to heal her history. The question is, is, do we understand this different kind of love has the power to heal, not the power to hurt? It's the power to forgive, not the power to keep score. What I'm excited about Is the conversations that are going to take place tonight, tomorrow, next week, because each and every one of you, those who are watching online, those at every single campus, you're going to realize that you're not in this marriage to be served, you're in this marriage to serve. A different kind of love is a love that endures or covers history. Number two, a different kind of love is a love that endures humanity. Somebody say, I'm human. Can y'all say it with me? I'm human. I'm human. I get angry sometimes. I'm jealous sometimes. I don't trust sometimes. I, I overwork sometimes. I'm on my phone too long sometimes. I'm insecure sometimes. Man, I never forget when the counselor told me, Bro, you're human. I was like, I don't have to be a hero. I don't have to have it all together. I can mess up. Because what happens is I had this expectation for myself that no one else had on me. But I was trying to live because of insecurity and fear. And let me tell you something couples. Men, we deal with this. We don't talk about this. So, so here's what I found out as a man. Are y'all ready? And a pastor. If you win at the wrong thing, you lose at the right thing. So what happens when you're insecure, now I want to outwork it because I got I, I to gotta, you know, be, be, be successful and I got I, I to have a, a, this amount of money in the bank account and it's all up to me. And, and what happens is you take on a responsibility that you shouldn't because you didn't make you the one who made us. He's the only one that has the responsibility and the ability to take care of us. And I learned that the hard way. Because the only place I felt successful was behind this pulpit. I could preach the thousands, but couldn't talk to the one I laid next to every night. I could build kids ministry, but had no relationship with my own kids. And let me tell you something. I wasn't winning at home, so let me win at work. I wasn't winning at home, so let me win on the golf course, which I'm an eight handicap and I'm working on it. Come on, somebody. God like help me, help me, because here's the deal. I grew up just insecure. I grew up with a learning disability. I grew up uh, not having uh, uh, been been taught some things by my natural parents, and now I've got all of this weight on my shoulders, and I'm not watching reruns of sports center. I'm actually thinking, how am I going to do all of this? I'm human. And i never forget, in that counseling center, when the counselor gave me permission to take the pressure off myself. And this anger issue was actually an insecurity that turned into control. I had to control everything, I had to make sure everything was right. I, you know why? Because I never wanted my wife to become my mom. Because my mom was so strong growing up. And what I made up, it wasn't the truth, but what I made up about my mom is she was controlling and 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 I didn't want Irene to become that. And I had no idea that my level of control was not allowing a safe place for Irene. But as Irene began to love me through the anger, as she began to love everything that was not right about me, in counseling, as I began to open up, and she would say, hey, Jimmy, You're not mad at me. What's coming up for you? These are the questions. Like, how can you be mad when you're yelling? She goes, hey, what's coming up for you? I'm like, shut up. (laughs) History. We all got history. And if you're married, God puts someone in your house. Siri's talking to me, guys. (laughs) God puts someone in your house. To heal the history in the form of your spouse. In other words like this, are y'all ready? How you love your spouse. How you care, how you forgive. How you give them grace and mercy. That's how they'll see that God loves them. I want to be a picture of, of how God loves me to my spouse. I want my spouse to find grace and mercy real time through having this relationship that she can be 100% real and 100% vulnerable. I'm saying all this because that's what I want for us. I want us to provide this safe space in our marriages. I want to read this passage of Scripture here about love. It's in 1 John 4. 16 It says, and we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. You know what that scripture tells me? God is love, He doesn't decide to love. God doesn't wake up and says, You know what? You acted right yesterday. I'll love you. You know the scripture says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means he loved us in spite of us. You know what I'm committed to? Not perfection. There's no such thing as perfection on this side of eternity. I'm committed to loving my wife in a way that I can do my best to represent Christ to her. And when you do that, you can't respond immediately because you're human. Counselor told me the 10 second rule. Don't respond until you count to 10. I was like, do I count fast or slow? (laughs) And the last thing, different kind of love is a love that forgives purposefully. Uh Uh-oh. Well, they didn't say I'm sorry. But they're living in your head rent free. Well, it's not my fault. It's not about forgiveness. I, I, I want to do this and illustrate this uh, for you, and I, and I hope you get this. I asked uh, uh, Pastor Josh, could he get me a, a stool? Now, what I would love for you to do is just go on this journey with me and pretend that you've never seen this before. You've never sat on one of these before. I want you to act like I am the creator of this. I invented it, I made it, and, and I made it to have structure. I made it with this metal in mind that could support a lot of weight. And then I put a top on it and I called it a stool. Now, in order for this stool to function in its purpose, it requires someone to sit on it. It's a stool. Without someone ever sitting on it, it's just a thing. It's just an artifact. It's just some metal and some wood. But every time someone sits on it, The stool is like, I'm a stool. Now I want you to picture it. Not as a stool. This is love. Love has a structure. God says, I created it with with, with support. I, I, I created it to be able to withhold anything. I also put a seat on it. And that seat is called your heart. Now, in order for it to be love, it has to find something that's sinful. In order for it to be love, it's got to find something that has a need for it. It's got to find family of origin. It has to find addiction. It has to find hurt. It has to find frustration. It has to find fracture. It has to find friction. It has to find arguments. And when those things sit on it, it becomes love. You know what I found out eight years ago, friend? That I needed to create space in my heart for everything that my wife is not to sit right here. And as it sits right here, Love gets to be defined as forgiveness, as grace, as mercy, as structure, as support. And I'm telling you the beauty that we have in our relationship right now is because of not everything that I am, not everything that I can do, not how much money is in my bank account, but how much capacity her love has for me. She's the only one that has been given a heart to love anything and everything about me, my past, my present, and my future? Here's the question. can't fix an argument until we fix our hearts. We can't fix our marriage until we fix our hearts. I've come to discover this, guys. I can't give away something that I've never received. So have we received this different kind of love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is a safe place of shelter. I love the idea that love never stops loving. Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you. I thank you for every marriage that is in here. I thank you, God, that today you're giving us a vision Of this different kind of love. This love that covers history. This love that endures humanity. This love that forgives purposefully. And Father, no matter if someone's at a different campus or watching online, what I love is your love is not a respecter of location. You find us. Your love pursues us. Your love protects us. Father, today we accept your love so that we can give your love away. God, more of you and less of us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a good amen. God bless you, Seacoast. Amen.
0: And I love that message from Pastor Jimmy. I think I love it so much because I, I resonate with their story. I've shared with our church before that for Lisa and I, it was a couple of years into our marriage uh, that she discovered an addiction that I had brought into our marriage. And what I thought would be the end of our relationship was actually when I really received and experienced the love of Christ, perhaps for the first time, when I realized that I could be fully human, that she could know all of the worst things, the things I had tried to hide from from anybody, and yet still love me. That's a picture of God's love for you and for me, and we're going to respond together to that love. And uh, here at Seacoast, we, we love to carve out a few minutes in our service for you just to answer the question, what is God saying to me today, and what am I going to do about it? And I would encourage you that if you're here today and you're dealing with any of those issues of your humanity, of our sin, of places where we've fallen short where we know we're stuck in a cycle of of addiction or behavior, whatever it might be, I would just encourage you today to, to trust it, to put it on the chair, to bring it to Christ and see if his love doesn't support that, isn't enough for that. The Bible says that it was while we were still sinners that Christ showed the ultimate picture of love and dying for us on a cross. His love can handle your stuff. His love can handle my stuff. And we can't even begin to think about giving out that love until we've experienced it for ourselves. And so some of us are gonna go to the crosses. There's six of them here in the, the worship center. And I don't know what it is that you're carrying. Could be an addiction, could be a burden, a fear, anxiety, whatever it might be. But I want you to just bring your stuff, your humanity to the cross. And I'd love to praying that God will give you a divine exchange, that what we will bring will unburden us and that we'll receive his love, his peace, his mercy. You know, some of us are going to take that next step. And Pastor Jimmy referenced some conversations that you may have tonight and tomorrow, but but an opportunity to, to actually take a step further into our marriage of going, you know what? I want to just trust you with my humanity. The Bible gives us a picture of, of marriage as a picture of our relationship with Christ, right we are the, the bride of Christ, and so as he, he models for us that love, we have an opportunity to show a picture of that love to our spouses and some of you may want to just share you know an aspect of your humanity and ask them to love you through that. but, but I also encourage you if you 're here today and you 're married or single uh, and you need prayer, we have prayer teams that are lined up here at the front of the stage that'll be throughout the worship center and uh, may, maybe you need to experience that healing that comes. You know, forgiveness comes from God. Healing comes when we confess our sins to each other. We open ourselves up to, to other believers and we experience that power of healing in us. And so our prayer teams would love to pray for you. Maybe you're going through that difficult point in your marriage right now, and I've been there. and I know what it feels like. Maybe you're in a place of strength, but you wanna to go to a, even a stronger place and just come and ask our prayer teams just to pray over you. Some of you may be in a relationship that is estranged right now. Could be with a spouse or could be with a child or a friend or a loved one. We have candles. I would love for you to go and just just light a, light a candle. When, when all you can do is pray, the Bible says don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. We're gonna go, we're gonna light a candle. We're gonna pray. Believe God. We have communion stations that are set up here uh, that remind us of what Jesus did. He said, as often as you gather, Do this in remembrance of me. So you can come if you're a believer. You don't have to be a member of our church, just a a follower of Christ. Come and receive communion to be reminded of the source of our power. Where we get the ability to love others is because he first loved us and his love covered our sin. And then we're going to sing and we're going to celebrate an awesome, awesome God. We're going to experience his power and his presence and his healing in our midst. So what's God saying to you? And let's respond to him together.